Cheerio! As human beings, don't we enjoy enjoyment? This is Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists, a podcast of whimsy from Liberty Church Collingswood and libertycollingswood.org. We'll hear from friends as we explore everything from potent potables to morsel delectables, awkward laughables to moment teachables. You'll get lots of different categories, but remember that for each one, there can be only five. Plus a mulligan or two. Five, four, three, two, one. Liftoff. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. Here we are. What are you going to do with this new podcast from Liberty Church Collingswood? Well, we are going to do some top fives of different kinds with friends and family at and about Liberty Church Collingswood. We're going to go through some top fives of some things that are fun, some things that are poignant, some things that are silly, some things that are delicious, all so that we can learn about this world, just like the intro says. And we never don't have a very special guest on this podcast as we talk about fun stuff, but today we have a very special guest, Kelly Dalrymple, our director of Liberty Kids here at Liberty Collingswood. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. So when I told my daughter Clara about the topic that we were going to be talking about today, she was like, there's really nothing to say. This is a, this is a, she didn't use these words, but her eyes said, this is a stupid, boring topic, but we'll see. The topic is top five things you lose when you become a parent. So Clara, I hope you're listening to this so you can hear the other side of the aisle. Kelly, are you ready just to go for it? So we're going to go, we're going to hear, how about in descending order? So you can start with number five. Sounds good. And we'll go back and forth a little bit and we'll have some fun with these Liberty lists. So Kelly, I'm sure that you, like I did, struggled to find five things that we've lost. It was hard to figure five, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, shoot. Let's, uh, let's start. Give me your number five. All right, number five. The biggest thing I feel like I lost as a parent was my dignity. Oh. Uh, in many ways, I always consider myself someone that is prepared, ready to do things. I appear like I'm ready. I seem under control. I taught for 15 years before I became the Liberty Kids director. If I can keep my cool, I can keep my cool. As soon as I feel like I had Jean as Mm -hmm. my daughter, I lost my dignity. Um, Having a child, especially as a mom, you are covered with spit up. You're covered with yogurt. I currently have peanut butter um, on my shirt. And I feel as though there is no time or specific area in your life where you can withhold dignity all the time as a parent um even not necessarily even appearances but simply Mm -hmm. the fact that you go into a store and you're ready to buy the toilet paper and roll on out no pun intended right and there's always a tantrum there's always something going on and you just can't hold your dignity anymore yeah children have taken your ability to be dignified very good big and small ways i I was going to ask but you answered it mid mid statement there kelly when does that loss of dignity begin <laughs> you know i think for around moms, birth maybe, yeah maybe even when you're pregnant you know true yeah lots of flatulence happens as a pregnant woman there's all sorts of things so dignity is slowly being lost i could tell you stories about foot swelling 
in the anger household, but uh-huh. I, but I won't say if it was my feet or or Emily's feet just to <laughs> to maintain to maintain some some privacies. Mm. So totally get it, and I will see your dignity. Actually, real quick about that, and 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 this is a smaller thing. Some of my worst mer- memories as a parent are at restaurants mm. where you bring your kids to restaurants, and it just feels like. You're body slammed. Everybody's looking at you. They hate you. You're having a horrible time. Your totally. kids are having a horrible time. Yes. But then you have to pay at the end. In in what other world do you have to like <laughs> shell out cash for such a <laughs> such a horrible experience? So we stopped doing that. Yeah. I've always felt like people would think, oh, your baby is so cute when you roll into a restaurant. And then about five minutes later, can you leave now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, once with... Uh, when we hit the four-child mark, especially when our kids were younger, Kelly, the slow-motion reveal of horror on the faces of restaurateurs when we walk in <laughs> and the kids just its like, dear God, make it stop. So number five for me, and maybe this is an obvious one, but we're going in descending order. Have you noticed that you sleep less once you have a, once you have a child? You know what? Knock on this wood. Knock on the table. Um, Jean sleeps from 8 o'clock at night till 8 o'clock in the morning. So Wow. Yeah. She's always been a great sleeper. She takes uh-huh. after her dad. Um, but at the same time, there was definitely a season where we were losing a ton of sleep. Huh. And um, my husband and I are not as young as your average parents. And we didn't bounce back. So, yes, agreed. A whole lot okay. less sleep. Well, what are you doing? What's your secret? Like, can you bottle that and mm. sell it? Is it is it whiskey? It's not whiskey, although okay. she knows where that is in our house. There you yeah. go. <laughs> it's not whiskey. Wow. Well, good job by you and Derek for for whatever you're doing. And yeah, sleep. And I'll I'll say, so for me and Emily, as we're slightly on, on or we're we're slightly up the age chain a little bit with our kids, we didn't realize that there was a sweet spot where, okay, there's like the babies and toddlers, mm-hmm. but then. There's the preteen and teenager phase where Emily and I tried for a while to stay up until when our older kids would get back on a Friday or Saturday mm. night. And so we lost sleep on that end. But now now we just raised the white flag. So we go to sleep early. <laughs> I put, put my phone on airplane mode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and say, you know, they're usually just around Collingswood somewhere. If, if, they're, <laughs> if they're morally wounded, there's nothing I can do. So just kind of leave it, leave it to the morning. So sleep. I love you. Kelly, what's your number four? Number four, kind of going along with dignity. uh, I loved or I thought I could be a perfectionist and I had lost the ability to be a perfectionist. There is no perfection or even Hmm. trying to attain it as a parent. Yeah. Interesting. So, so perfectionistic in what ways or I'm sure in all ways, but, in all but, ways, but give me yeah. a couple examples. Um, I, I think appearance is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Your your style changes as a stay-at-home mom. Um, you wear, why, buy clothes that hide the spit-up and the peanut butter, as I mentioned before. Right. Um, today I had a play date with a friend, and we prepared a little bit for her coming over, put some graham crackers and grapes on the table and whatnot, but... Mm-hmm. In years past, when I would have people over, I would clean under the couch and, you know, do all the things, dust and make cookies and light candles. And the fact that I had graham crackers and grapes on the table and the fact that I had taken a shower that morning, it was it was amazing. It's a global win. Yeah, agreed. A hundred percent. So, yeah, um, being the best version or what I consider the best version of myself is long gone Um, or at least, yeah, trying to be that perfectionist. Mm Mm-mm. 
just to follow that up, what do you, what's the, what's the internal dialogue either within yourself or as you pray to move past that perfectionism? What, what's that feel like on the inside or look like? Mm -hmm. I think for me, especially as a mom, Mm -hmm. um, growing up in a home where a mom was not necessarily as supportive as one could be. Um, It's been really important for me to do that internal dialogue of saying, even though things don't look perfect, Mm -hmm. I'm present. And enjoying the precious present with my daughter, being available. Um, If she needs me, I'm there to talk to her. I sit on the floor and read books. There's dust bunnies under the couch, but I'm there. Mm -hmm. And there is often... A mental and a physical tug of wanting to go and do all the things and speaking to myself internally and saying it's better for you to be here and with her than making that perfect presentation and some days I'm better at it than others but yeah that's the internal tug yeah and this relates to my number four Kelly the for better or for worse our kids are sponges and Mm -hmm. we can think of plenty of examples either from our own lives or others, where if we become obsessed with perfectionism from very young ages, our kids absorb that. Yes. And and you could see, we could see them freaking out about stuff where we're telling them just to relax. It doesn't uh-huh. need to be perfect, but they're just doing what we're showing them that we're doing and in so many larger levels. So, totally. so, so as parents, we don't have the power of their on-off switch for the record button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always it's always on. Yes. Leading to my number four, another thing that I've lost when becoming a parent. And this also applies to marriage, although it feels more, more, more powerfully registered with kids even. Uh, I've lost freedom from consequences. Hmm. So the I I remember last night I so Emily and I mentioned before the the podcast, uh, our good friends Matt and Rebecca Harmon from Western Pennsylvania for a while now, Matt, at, at Liberty Mainline. And so we had dinner with them, friends for 25 years, beginning at the start of college for us and talking about how over time our circles of responsibility have radically have radically expanded. So for me as a 20-year-old college student, I would say I'm so stressed, I'm carrying so much. Like, Jim, who, who else is depending upon you besides you <laughs> right now? And the yeah. answer is absolutely nobody. Uh-huh. The, it's a different ballgame in where <clears throat> across the board, if, if I don't follow Jesus like I should, if I don't take care of my body like I should, mm. if I let myself go physically, emotionally, spiritually, if I don't exercise care with my words, if I don't take care of my schedules in the proper way. If I don't spend time with family members like I should, I'm going to reap what I sow. Mm-hmm. And so there's this constant, most of the time, or I don't know, most of the time, often it's a happy burden, but it, but it's an inescapable one nonetheless. Yeah. Hmm. So if, if you have any secrets about how I can be free of consequences, <laughs> that's a... <laughs> what our parenting seminars are going to be about right absolutely um yes how to get the out splenda, of yep, exactly. splenda parenting <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I echo you though i feel all those feelings of um to quote 
Eric Mitchell. He hmm. was speaking about someone who was young and newly married and said they have more free time than they realize they have. Right. And it's entirely true. And you don't know you have all the free time until it's taken away. Yep. So that perspective of, yeah, and, and consequences along with it of realizing, you know, if I stay up tonight, you know, until 11 o'clock, in the past it wouldn't be a big deal, but yeah. now – yeah, there's right. a person who's depending on me, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or four, or six, or however many, so. Very true. If if we go down, we're not the only people on the boat. That's it. At this point. Mm-hmm. Number three, what Number you got? Number three. Um, I lost the ability to have free time without guilt. Ah, tell me more. I now, um, and I don't know if it's just the transition of becoming a stay-at-home mom versus mm-hmm. a teacher, or... Um, you know, doubly down on pandemic and being at home all the time. But anytime I sit down, there's always a litany of things in my mind of what I should be doing. Hmm. And um, along with those those thoughts of, you know, the dust bunnies under the couch while I'm playing with Jean, yeah. um, the feeling of, you know, I, I could be sitting and reading this book or watching this show on Netflix, but there's all these other things that probably should be done. And, yeah. you know, if it's during Jean's nap time, the thought of, you know, I... I could be sitting and resting, but I don't have a toddler attached to me, so maybe I should go and do other things. And there's yeah. always that sense of guilt of, you know, there's there's things to do. There's places to be. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that guilt, I think, has – maybe it was always there, but it's definitely more more felt these days with that ever-approaching toddler um, who may not be there in the moment, but is, is inevitably going to wake up soon. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that we're talking about this year at Liberty Collingswood Kelly with our Represence Initiative is a practice of presence Sabbath. How do you how do you find mm. either externally schedule wise or internal state Sabbath free from guilt when when you're seeking and you know I'm sure it's not a perfect system for any of us mm-hmm. but 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 trying to be free of that of that guilt. Yeah. So. I've really appreciated um, the home group discussion about yeah, it was uh, really good Sabbath, and it was important. Our group spent a lot of time and a lot of discussion and um, thinking about it, considering it, knowing that um, in the past, especially as a newly married person or a single person, Sabbath was easy to evoke. Um, yeah, and right, yeah. <laughs> um, but in reality, in those days, Sabbath was more just rest and physical rest Mm -hmm. and maybe even consumption of you know going out to dinner or watching um, a movie on tv Mm -hmm. and now sabbath is more a a thought process and an actual setting aside and saying it's important to sit it's important to dwell and for me often on sunday afternoons when jean is taking her nap it's a deep breath in Hmm. a deep breath out a mindfulness moment and sitting with a book that I normally wouldn't. So, yeah, yeah it, it, but it takes a whole lot of work to get there. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very true. Rest takes work. Mm-hmm. And, Kelly, we're dealing with a lot of levels on top of each other. So I, I don't, from an internal perspective, have the mom perspective, but, mm-hmm. but there is – or. having lived close to a mother for most of my <laughs> life, um, there there's the – in particular, the moms are never off duty mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And then there's uh, probably a pandemic layer on top of that, too, yeah. where people have written about how since pandemic, time has become a lot more undifferentiated. Mm-hmm. So we're just light years away from 
going to work, coming back, leaving the briefcase at the door. Uh-huh. And so we have all of this just toothpaste squeezes of time that we're never actually using well sometimes if we're not careful. Uh-huh. Agreed completely. And being purposeful and setting aside that time. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So connected with that, and Kelly, we haven't had a direct overlap of lists so far, but speaking to some of these same things... <laughs> And, and maybe this just makes me shallow, but like entertainment <laughs> is, is something that I've, yeah. that I, I've, I have less enjoyment now. <laughs> Somebody help me. The, uh, so whether it's the, the analogy that I've used before, before kids, when go off on vacation somewhere, I'd, I'd bring a stack of books uh-huh. and the visual over time is that the stack of books that I would bring on a vacation once kids have come along, has decreased, gotten smaller, 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 until I, when I was deep into toddlerish, younger kids, I just didn't bring any books at all. It just <laughs> raised, raised, raised the white flag. But but it is hard to know how much, how much to try to build back and versus versus not. And I have a, and I have conversations. So this is from. Maybe more from from the dad perspective, but that is probably the number one issue. Well, top three with with young dads when mm-hmm. when I'll go out for a coffee or a happy hour. Hey, how's it going? You're a first time parent. It's the you know I spent all this time on my shows and on my movies uh-huh. and in my garage in the wood shop or whatever it is and and it's just it's just all gone. Uh-huh. And so it's a to me, it's been a spiritual discipline to mm-hmm. let that entertainment, to a large extent, go, and at least for me, try to build back some of that space and time and things, but then also find entertainment and enjoyment actually being with my stinking kids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is easier said than done, uh, but I think that's a good goal. Hmm. Yeah, I, I feel you. I hear you. I agree. Um as Derek and I speak about, you know, the changes and the differences that have happened since Gina's arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, and I'm going to do a little shout out here to my friends in Oakland. I have a group of friends who live on Manor Ave with me. We call ourselves the Manor Ave baby makers. We all had children <laughs> around the same time and we all were kind of commiserating. We get together for dinner once in a while. And yeah. um, we all agreed that there is, you just can't binge watch a show like you used to be. Right. Um, there is that feeling of going along with that thought of guilt, but also, you know, um, you never know when the baby's going to wake up. Hmm. You know that in the morning, you know, you're going to need to get up with the baby. And yep. um, the entertainment and the ability to just in- immerse and enrich yourself in something is yeah. gone. And it's also that decision of, am I the responsible adult today or do I do the things that I love? And it's so important to have a mixture yeah. of those things. Yeah. But, yeah, finding the time. I... I love painting. I love art. I love being creative. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a desk upstairs um, f- with all of my art supplies. And yeah. I haven't sat there for about a year and a half. Hmm. So it's, I, I hear you. It's finding that time and, and even allowing yourself to slow down. Um, yeah. Entertainment takes time. It takes mm-hmm. a different you know aspect of your brain. Right. And um, to even be able to switch to mm-hmm. that spot is yeah. hard. So yeah, yeah. Right, right here with you. Right. So just to throw out, and we don't don't need to dwell on this. One of the one of the mental spaces that I occupy in a Christ and culture direction is what do we think about 
so much emphasis that we hear from friends, family, and culture about things like me time and self-care. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there is a lot, you know, we're all made in the image of God, so there's a lot of overlap there. But I do think there's a slightly different perspective on such things from Jesus crucified and resurrected and then also work and rest. Mm-hmm. So labor and Sabbath is mm-hmm. a slightly different paradigm than just me time and self-care. Totally. And so there, there's a... There's a God and others aspect that's built in. That's built into both. So, mm. I I want Emily. I wish for Emily that she would enjoy Sabbath, do things that are recreative to her, entertainment wise. Mm-hmm. Not only for her sake, but I need that for my sake. Yeah, and it's pleasing to God for us to be able to to recharge in those ways too. And our our kids, our kids need it as well. So. Manor Avenue, good times. Good times. There, there we go. And I've I've been to establishments all along Manor Avenue. <laughs> that <laughs> might explain why there's so many babies on there. There we Avenue. go. Yeah. It's, it's a magical place. <laughs> number two. Kelly, did you give me your number two yet? Uh, I've done three so far. Okay. So three was entertainment, and then we are on number two for you. Mm-hmm. So for me, I lost the ability to be truly alone and relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tell me more. Mm. I I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Explore this foreign concept, please. Even if, so currently I am um, here at Holy Trinity with Jim Mm -hmm. and my husband Derek is watching Jean. She's sleeping, taking a nap. Yeah. I am still not truly alone because my thoughts, my mind are on that baby monitor in that crib. Is she sleeping? Yeah. What are, how are things going? Right. Um, at night I sleep with the baby monitor next to me. Hmm. Um, if, if I were to go on a vacation and Jean would be somewhere else, I would always be thinking about, is she okay? How are things going? So I never feel truly alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I am currently nannying two girls along with Jean once a week and they're all three, three girls under three years old. And um, I tried one time to close the door when I went to the bathroom, and that was not wise. Um, I have currently not gone to the bathroom by myself probably in about a week or so. So there's just – there's you can't be truly alone. Um, And I haven't felt relaxed in a while either. There's always the thought, as we spoke about before, of just Mm. like what needs to be done and who's there. And um, I love cooking. And I love to, you know, make dinner, go and bake and do things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And um, there's often, you know, making dinner. Inevitably, there's a a tiny person underfoot. Right. Being, you know, learning to find ways to encourage her. She has a little kitchen set next to mine. She Uh she cooks with me, but it's just not the same. I'm not alone. (laughs) It is not. (laughs) Instead of big brother watching, it's little kiddo all the time. Yep. Yeah, two two examples from Anger Household. One one with cooking, and this doesn't work for all families, but before kids came along for me and Emily, I – so one of the – one of the sub stories that I maintain for the anger household is that I'm an underrated cook. Mm. Now, Kelly, you and Pat here have have no way to confirm or deny that. <laughs> but but one, once kids came along, we would still balance dinner dinner duties. But pretty shortly after, and my schedule allowed for this to happen. Not everybody's does. Emily told me. This is old school, but I would love to do all of the dinner cooking. Mm-hmm. And a- I would ask you to start kid duty when I start cooking. Mm. And and so she was – so when Emily starts cooking, and usually around 545 for a lot of years, that's mm-hmm. when I 
make sure that I'm home, make sure that I've stopped work on kid duty so Emily could have just a little bit of mm. Zen time in the kitchen. Dads take notice. There we go. <laughs> and, and and then the other one, this 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 also this relates to the bathroom story. <laughs> the, um, the, there there have been multiple times over the years and this probably is not self-flattering, but 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 I but I've been seated in the bathroom shouting through the door leave me alone <laughs> i'll be out in two minutes yes. why is it so why do you need this <laughs> now uh-huh. and, and and then there's the they're they're quiet but you can hear them like stirring and breathing <laughs> on the outside of the bathroom <laughs> yes. door <laughs> it's deeply creepy mm-hmm. okay kids take notice yes agreed to echo that thought um we have a home that is probably close to about 100 years old and the doors Us have too. Yeah. those cool glass, you know, glass doorknobs. They look amazing. Right. Everybody wants to buy them when they're looking for a house. Yeah. So we'll be if I do decide to close the door, we'll be sitting. I'll be sitting in the bathroom, and Jean is just tall enough to be able to turn the knob, but she mm-hmm. can't quite turn it. So it's <laughs> and it's like a horror movie, but you know there's a toddler on the other side, but you just don't know all the time. So right. Yeah, you never know. It's like one of those movie things where the door opens slowly and there's a huge shadow. Uh-huh. Then Jean toodles out. Yes. <laughs> Number two for me, Kelly, control. Mm. So that relates to what you were saying earlier about perfectionism and and, yeah. and different things too. We we just have have a lot less of it, including child outcomes. So for like a couple decades into pastoral ministry, right now, I'm I'm struck by the minist- the mystery of parenting, where I know great parents whose kids have just turned out not great yeah they've had tons of problems tons of issues and then i've I've also seen parents that you know may may not be Uh all-stars but their kids are angels and they're well put together successful jesus loving adults Mm. when when it was a happy hour all the time (laughs) for the for the parents and you you can't control you can't control what happens which in my better phases of mind puts me in a a place of deep dependence upon God mm-hmm. for, for for outcomes of our kids. Yeah. But it is truly destabilizing to realize how little we have control over what happens with these little ones. 100%. And I, um, I've always been pretty in tune with emotions, but definitely since Gina's come along, just realizing those, you know, mommy tears, mommy feelings. And right. the, the thing that makes me the most emotional, the most, um, you know, teary etc is considering you know what's going to happen to Jean what's yeah. going to happen to her and I, I pour all these things into her and you you know you see individuals as you you travel along we we live quite close to Camden as we are, we are driving through and yeah. you know seeing inevitably as you drive individuals who you desire to just care for and get out and give a hug to and right. you know that they're they're hurting mm-hmm. and considering you know what steps brought you there and yeah. how close am I to those things and right. how close is my daughter, this little person in the backseat of the car and yeah. echoing your thought of the sense that, you know, it is truly God's control and she is his before she's mine. Yeah. Um, and that sounds super cliche and something you would see no, on an Instagram word. page, but it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's truth in the sense that um, he destined her, he mm-hmm. gave her to me for the short time. Yeah. Um, but ultimately that her destiny, her, her, her life is, is his and his plan. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is a really good word, Kelly. And I think there is solace. There, there's freedom if we're, if the Holy Spirit gives it and, and we seek it, where 
it's not merely destabilizing, terrifying that our children ultimately are not in our hands, but instead they are in someone's hands, namely, namely God's. Mm -hmm. And so there's greater comfort and freedom that we can take. So letting lack of control move us into good places as opposed to mm. worse places mm -hmm. is a spiritual discipline. Mm. Ready for number one. All right. Sorry, I love it. It's totally my fault. I, I get teased for asking a question and then talking. <laughs> so let me, uh, I, what do you think the chances are? So we haven't had any overlap so far. What do you think mm -hmm. the chances are that, that we have the same number one? Highly unlikely. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. Okay. I, I'm intrigued. Go ahead. <laughs> my number one is when I became a parent, I lost the ability to have a cup of coffee while it's still hot all the way to the bottom of the mug. It's either cold huh. or spilled. Huh. I've never been able to this day for the, you know, Jean's 21 months old. Just hasn't happened. <laughs> My Derek bought me a really great mug, a travel uh -huh. mug that you, you know, can't spill, et cetera. Right. And it's still cold or inevitably Jean will find the way to open it up. So I, I wish I just want that. That's all I want. That's yeah. awesome. So mm -hmm. turtle doves out there. Buy Kelly really small coffee receptacles <laughs> so that she can she can one day maybe one day maybe. have the yeah I'll just start doing espresso shot <laughs> <laughs> the things we're driven to that that's really good so my the my my number one was was Java free although I'm sure we could make a connection somehow what what I lose becoming a parent is immortality mm. so. There, there is a sense, and maybe this is because on Sunday afternoon I was doing dishes. Oh, I meant to say that. So the the, the dinner time setup is Emily cooks and I do all the cleaning. So I'm not just coasting the <laughs> the, the, the the whole time. I I was doing dishes on Sunday afternoon, and Josiah, our oldest son, who's going out to college this fall, uh, is a good piano player, and he was just playing piano. Uh, for himself in a different room on our bottom floor. And I was just like bawling on the, in, the, in the sink where mm. he's going to be gone soon and I'm not going to hear him playing Billy Joel mm. on, the, on, the, on the piano. Whether it's younger kids or older kids, at least to me, looking in faces that reflect ours, mm -hmm. including bio biologically if, if the kid's uh, naturally born, um, they look like us, but then also are mirrors of our own mortality mm -hmm. where, where death just got sooner and, yeah. and my, m my time feels shorter because there's this whole new generation mm -hmm. that's going to, that's, that, that's going to take my place, which adds a healthy seriousness to mm. what I do as a parent where there will be a time and, my younger daughter Clara always makes fun of me for for being old, but it's true. And there 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 will be a time when, in the nat natural order of things, by God's grace, all four of my kids will far outlive me. Hmm. And it just got closer when when they were born. Hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We joke that. Um, you know, I can't wait until 18 years from now when we're free and we can, you know, go and travel to France, et cetera, because she's yeah. not there. But yeah, it's that inevitab inevitability of, you know, her life is is part of ours. And as we live, yeah, there she goes. And um, it is it, it's 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 exciting to see your children grow and yep. echo you um, and um, 
be influenced by you and and know that you know your life is pouring into theirs but it's also scary and it also means that your life is that much shorter and you're that much older agreed yeah um oh uh i was gonna say something and now i forget what it was it it is what it is (laughs) i I think you were gonna say like sands through the hourglass that's it Mm -hmm. (laughs) these are the days of (laughs) our our lives (laughs) so happy thoughts everybody kelly thank you so much for 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 joining you you are a a very wise person and we appreciate everything that you do at liberty church for our children and what better person to have on to talk about these specific five golden things than you Mm -hmm. any parting shots for our listeners my pleasure to be here. Um, I am super thankful for the parents and not parents of Liberty and the, the love and care that I see every week on Sundays. And um, please know that parents, you're not alone. Um, if you are having a tough morning, probably inevitably somebody else in the pews on Sunday is doing the same. So we're here. I'm here to talk if you ever want to. And um, yeah, thankful to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Jim. Amen. Thanks again, Kelly. And maybe your next cup of coffee will be the one. And hey, listeners, if you like what you hear and want to email in, maybe suggest a category, that's fivegoldenthingspod at gmail.com. Our brand spanking new email address, fivegoldenthingspod at gmail.com. Ta-ta, turtle doves. Wow, that was definitely a top five episode of Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. And remember, kids, schadenfreude ain't just a river in Egypt. Wade in the water a little deeper anytime at libertycollingswood.org and find us at the usual socials. Make us a top five follow, and you'll always be our number one. Toodle pip! The best space was like doing it in the basement of my dad's house, uh, but I didn't tell him that I was doing it. And so, like, he walked in on <laughs> like me and Matt with these microphones, and, la- and like his eyes were like, "What the hell are you freaks doing down here?" <laughs> like, Dad, we're recording a podcast. Leave us alone. You know, like subversive radio station. Like- <laughs> he was like, "Okay, whatever you do is fine." <laughs> <laughs>